0: Hello and welcome to Relative Pitch. We appreciate you tuning into our podcast. Our mission is to give you young musicians' perspectives on hot topics in the music world. By sharing our thoughts and opinions, we hope to help with bringing positive change and diversification to the music world. Here are your hosts, Lauren Green, Anthony Morris, and Michael Brown.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to our eighth episode, how to avoid burnout. This topic plagues community all the time. So we figured why not talk about it, what burnout is and how to avoid and overcome this tricky subject during the heat of the semester for students and teachers alike. I'm gonna pass it on to Lauren Green and she will give us the definition of burnout.
0: So burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. It occurs when you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to meet constant demands, which I feel like we've all kind of experienced this to a certain degree. A few symptoms I'll list kind of explain burnout. So demotivation and deta- detachment, detachment hello, from your work depleted energy levels, detachment in personal relationships, lower productivity, lower resistance to illness, pessimistic outlook on work or life, physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion, time away from work. So all burnout really is, is just when you're at the point where it feels as if everything's just kind of crumbling around you and there you don't have really any motivation any drive you're just kind of beaten to the point where you feel like you can go down no more you know or it wouldn't change your you know oh, keep it coming you know just keep stomping away like it doesn't really matter um you know in the music world we see things like this all the time it happens we see it ourselves personally amongst our friends and colleagues and it's something that you may not even see until it's right on you, and there may be for me it was kind of like one thing that happened that I was like, ooh okay, I see I see i am i am in I am in the state right now, um, but it is a gradual thing that'll happen which is hard to detect because you never know you might just be having a bad week or it could be bad week, chill week, bad week, chill week that turns into something that is just a constant state of this and then finally just like down um so i mean we i think we've all had personal experiences with burnout to a certain degree i feel like me and Michael a little bit more than anthony but anthony tell us about your personal experience with burnout
2: yeah um so i have a different um i think i have a different uh concept or different perspective of burnout because for me I don't think I've actually went through it as some other people might have because usually what I do is I go do my work I do what I need to do and then I when I go home it's literally like all right that is done and let me focus on things that like I, I guess keep my mental together so it's never been like something where it feels like everything is on top of you and I'm usually a person who like when it comes to stress I usually all right let's tackle this head on boom 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 then when it's over I'm like all right well that's done I'm getting back in my bed I'm turning on YouTube and every the world is at peace again so like that's usually how I deal with it the only time that I actually kind of felt like what in the world is going on was during COVID, even though we're still in COVID, but like really during the first part of COVID where I just didn't want to do not one thing related to music. Like I didn't want to conduct. I didn't want to listen to music. I I remember trying to get up to listen to music and it, my body and my mind was just like, no, no, don't, don't do it. Um, So that was the, I think the closest I've ever felt to Being burnt out. And I don't know if that's, you know, truly burnout, because honestly, I feel like everybody had that mindset at the beginning of COVID, like, well, what what are we going to do? So it's very, me and burnout has definitely been interesting, but I do have some ways that I'm talking about later to how I've kept myself not in it so much um part of it is watching youtube and being in my bed but i do have other things else uh what about you michael how have you witnessed burnout um from your time as a musician so
1: my one big falling star like shooting falling burning done burnout was sophomore year um I was like, I just got in both the top ensembles at KSU. I was teaching at a middle school and a high school. It was my heaviest class load. I just switched my major from ed to performance. I just got a couple of private students and I was feeling like I could not breathe or even get like above water. It was always like catching up and never getting ahead. And, It all finally came to a climax where I just left like a coaching. I was like coaching, I think this trumpet ensemble and brass choir. And I just like broke down in my car, pulled up. I was like right there at my house and I just, it was done. I just could not move from the car. I was like, yeah, this is just like, you're just sitting there and then tears start coming. And you're like, wow. Um, y'all seeing this because I don't know what is happening and I was just thinking I wasn't worth anything didn't deserve any of the jobs or what I earned technically and it was just a continuous slope going down and there was nothing I could do to pull out of it and it took about a whole year to climb back out that was just like that was it I just remember just sitting in my car Miss Betsy That was my old car, if anybody knows me. Um, And I'm just like, yeah, not even Starbucks or McDonald's or a nice steak could fix this. This is just happening. I was like, wow. And I know uh, Lauren has felt something similar in uh, in the time at KSU in our growing up.
0: Yeah. So my burnout experience actually was sophomore year too. And I'm sure a lot of you uh, undergrads who are listening to this or undergrads are past feel that because sophomore year truly feels like one of the years that's just, just so much with like class load and the amount, it's just, you feel like you're doing way more than you were doing obviously your freshman year when you're a new babe and you're just introducing yourself to the, to the school and everything. Um, My experience, it was it was interesting because like Michael on Michael's side, it was more of the load of everything going on, which I experienced too. But it was also for me, I felt as if I wasn't going anywhere. Um, I felt as if my progress had like stopped, and with my playing or anything, I just didn't feel like I was progressing at all in life. And I hated that because of course I was practicing, I was working, I was doing everything I could to get better. It just didn't feel like I could, like I had reached just a, plex- like, it just was so stagnant. And I didn't know exactly what to do to get past it. I was also going through a lot of things with imposter syndrome and just not feeling as if I was being appreciated where I was. And it was hard, like it was, it was so hard. Um, Feeling as if it's always terrible to feel as if you don't belong somewhere, or that you're not wanted somewhere, um, or that you're not appreciated. We've always we've all felt that it's not something selfish; it's a human thing. We want, we love when people say thank you and like, oh, you're doing a great job. It's just a part of who we are. And so, for me, it was a whole mixture of all these things. If I didn't, I didn't feel like I was progressing. There was too much also going on at the same time, and it was I was pressuring myself to just practice 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 and I stopped sleeping um I actually developed an under eye switch which kind of was crazy and I remember I think it was GMEA of uh I don't know if it was it was 2019. no it was 2018 I think it was 2018 GMEA and I had a friend and I was like oh my gosh I was like am my under eye switching and she was like major sleep deprived and I was like oh Yep. <laughs> you know, and it's just things like, you know, it was just something I was like, oh, under eyes, pushing again. I don't know what that is, but that was a completely new thing that I just kind of like go under the radar. And that has never happened again after that point. Cause once I realized what was happening and what I was doing to myself, I knew that I needed to change. It was, and you know, I, it just burnout is awful and it's going to happen. And unfortunately usually happens I think to most people in different circumstances no matter what field profession or whatever you're in um but the main thing is like knowing the signs and being aware of when things change for you and you're like "Oh, oh I'm just I'm just not sleeping these days like what do you mean like you know I'm eating like crap these days what do you mean like probably should monitor that oh there's just too much on my plate I just I can't feel organized and yada 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 and so um you know, there's a point, obviously, that we all shook out of whatever circumstance that we were out experiencing either stress, the the smaller stress level that Anthony was mentioning, or the more heavy of Michael just going through a like, just heavy workload, class load and everything. Um, We all shook it out somehow. And so um, I kind of wanted to talk about, I mean, like the more of the, the lean up, like the lead up to burnout before we get to the actual um, the fixing or going through it and fixing it. So Anthony, what, what, what are some signs you would see from us, your friends and other people who, you know, was experiencing burnout?
2: Yeah. Um, so first I want to say for, uh, so for me, um, one thing that leads me to like completely losing my mind is when I don't have anything to do. So where it's, so Michael was talking about like a lot of things were on his plate and everything and it just drove him crazy. So it's the complete opposite for me. So if I don't have anything on my plate, I am going to go crazy. I remember when I first went into undergraduate, um, I loved having uh, a whole day worth of things to do. I loved having like 10, 11 classes to get done. And to the point where when it got to my sophomore year, I was like, um, all right, this 18 credit hours isn't enough. Let me get 21. And so like, that's my thing where I need something to do. And I think the beat, the reason why Corona was such a thing is because I had nothing to do and I lost my mind. I was just like, what in the world is going on? I need things to do. But so burnout for everybody. It's completely different for each person. And the whole thing is you need to know you. um, And you also need to have people around you that know you as well. So I would see Lauren, like one thing, Lauren is usually a very uh, extroverted type of person. So it's very off putting when she's like to herself and you see her thinking to herself, like you can tell in her mind, the little bunny is spinning. Like you, you can tell it, but she's not orally saying it out loud. So you're like, "Uh oh, something's wrong." Something and like, Lauren, you have a face when you are thinking. It's a face, and it's very determined. And it's like, I don't know if this is a good thing or she's about to kill the whole world. I'm not really sure. It could go either way. Um, but somebody, we need to say something. We need to be like, "What's wrong?" Um, and I have, and I, I saw it then and I see it sometimes. And so I make sure I'm like, Lauren, are you, are you okay? Like we need to talk, like what's going on? Because I think the biggest thing about, uh, burnout and any mental thing going on, you need to have friends around you that know you to say, uh, you look like you're going through something. You're trying to keep it to yourself. Stop it. Stop it right now because you you cannot be going through this by yourself because it's not going to end very well. You need to let other people in so that we all are together. Um, and so for Michael, when I see things going on with Michael, he is also kind of the same where it gets, very, he's very extroverted. I'm pretty sure all of you who've watched any of these episodes, you see how extra Michael can be. So it's like when he is to himself and like he gets... He gets the mad face i call it a mad face it's like when a baby gets mad and they put this like face on it's like really angry yeah it's like really angry and like you see it and i i always look at michael as a little brother so like it's just like look isn't he so cute he's so he's so mad he could tear off a whole head of a barbie doll he is so mad and so i literally with this with this tone of voice i'd be like michael what's wrong what is wrong? Because the thing, what I've learned about Michael is that you have to approach it very, like, like be calm. Like, you know how uh, like a, a therapist would calm you very calm. Like, hello. Do not be like, Michael, what's up? Like, what's wrong? Like, let's tell me what's going on. Because like, really like be ready on guard. Like, what's up? You have to come. They're like, Michael, what is wrong? And you can see it. And then there will be days like, cause we live together. Usually, Michael would come and knock on my door every time he comes home and be like, hey, then there's some days where I'll hear the front door and I don't hear a knock. And so immediately I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, this is not what we're finna do here. We are not finna say, you is not finna come in this house and not knock on my door to say, hello, I'm here. So what I would do is get out my bed with, well look, I always have this with me. Everyone knows this is is mine. For people that are listening, I have a a blankie, it's blue, it's like a dark navy blue, and I always have it on me. So me and my blankie, we get up out of bed, we go right to him, and I say, Michael, open this door, what is wrong? Because again, we've been friends long enough that I know when both of them are, are going through something, and as a friend, I need to be there to always help at any point um so those are some of the things i don't know if y'all know y'all have certain things that um that that y'all physically i can see but those
1: are some of the things i know for me i become a person you do not want to be around when i'm starting to be stressed i'm very i already have a rather short fuse and that short fuse just becomes no fuse. And the filter I have just becomes no filter. And it is just a free for all. Like my irritability just goes from, okay, it's, if you drop a fork, okay, we're fighting. Like, why did you, why in, Why did you drop a fork? Like we're eating dinner, it was quiet. We're doing, and why did you drop a fork?
0: More my like a loud have, high.
2: You have a very short fuse and it's, it, it's like, you have to, you have to be ready for this. Like you have to be ready because I would try to come and console Michael and he'll just start like being so angry at like literally a squirrel knocking on the on the window. And I'm and, like, he'll just go like in. And I'm just sitting here like, maybe I need to clench my pearls and get up and leave. Like what is going on around
1: here? But he, you have a very short fuse, especially yeah. so when is that time yeah I know like in the hard part, like me and Lauren, we can see it with Anthony, he's really good at decompressing every day. So for him for me, all I know I know his schedule like when we were in school, I knew his schedule, I knew what he was doing because like we were playing stuff and I knew once he got like a lot of stuff like that one week where it's everything that's the one week where I'm like, anthony let's let's go let's go get some dinner. Let's go to, let's, let's go to our favorite place, go to our favorite activity, then go get some dinner and we're, we're going to be okay. Cause Anthony is that person where you just got to know when everything's happening. And that's the time. I know for me, when I realized like now that I look for it is my rise and irritability. It's very easy to like, if I, sometimes I used to hear a sharp noise, like just anywhere, like in the apartment complex and I would just get mad like I'll be laying in my bed I'm like don't think I'm trying to sleep like I'm literally trying to sleep take a nap and and then I start losing sleep I'll start staying up late for no reason I have a lack of motivation my dark circles and wrinkles get worse and my big thing so I know I'm going through it I stress eat it's amazing It's the best thing ever. It's actually not. Like, do not believe me. But, like, I love food. Like, I just love food. Let let me
2: interject real quick. (laughs) Michael would leave at 2 o'clock in the morning to go get a whole biggie bag or whatever they call it from McDonald's. And I have never been a big fan of McDonald's. Like, (laughs) I really feel like it's really fake food. But (laughs) watch him come back with all this food made me want to throw up and i wasn't even eating i was just like michael how are you eating this at two o'clock in the morning and then gonna go sleep on this how do you do it but that stress eating don't do it please please don't do please it. don't do it even if you love
1: food trust me just instead of going to stress eat just go pay for a high dollar meal and you'll feel better you'll have a better experience. But I'm a, like, that's what for me, when I see burnout, it's those on other people too. But for me, I know rise in irritability is my number one. Just like everybody would be like, coo coo cool." Michael is a no go right now. So I'm passing on Lauren and let her explain some of her realizations.
0: Yeah, I mean, between these two, it's like night and day of figuring of like stress because Anthony you don't even know like it's kind of like you have to like stare at him and even then after you stare at him you're like I still don't know what's going on you know it's it's just you never know because he he truly is the one of us who really knows how to decompress and how to separate school work life from home life um, and you know for me and Michael, who sometimes we would practice at home and do all this other stuff at home, it would not be as big of a divide of, oh, now you're at home, you can only do home stuff, because you know, I'm like, oh, I kinda wanna practice or I'm gonna do homework and yeah 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 And it's really important to separate, even if you, if you wanna still, you know, I'm a flute player, so I like practicing at home because we can, we don't get noise complaints, thankfully. Um, but still my front room, my front of my apartment is my workspace, my workspace, my practice space and where I get things done. When I go back to my bedroom, that is when it's chill, calm, go to sleep time. I have learned how to not, because thankfully I live on my own this year and I was scared about it at first, but I'm very glad about it because having roommates, which I loved my roommates that I had, they were amazing. But of course I didn't want to intrude on them. So I didn't want to practice in the living room if they were home or even if they were in their rooms doing na- like nap napping or doing homework. And so I've always felt like I needed to like be in my room. And so my room turned into not just my sleeping area, but also where I did my homework, where I practiced. And so it didn't give me the sense of off chill, like a lot of people get whenever they have a bedroom. That's really important. And I feel like everyone should have that space where they just immediately go and they're like, like calm. And so that was, that was the main thing about the difference i think between because me and michael be processing all the times in our rooms and doing everything and anthony would be like he said in his room watching netflix with his blankie and that was it and that was that um but so yeah it was harder to detect with anthony than it definitely was with michael's because michael has it's on his face, just like I am. I'm exactly the same way. If I'm in a bad mood, you will know I am in a bad mood because I cannot hide it, nor do I try to hide it anymore because I've learned that that's worse than letting it out. Um, and the, the biggest thing about this is that, sorry, do you, you wanna say something?
1: No, I was gonna say, I try to hide it and I'm just very bad at hiding it.
0: It's not, it's not, no. I'm, you, I'm extremely you, bad because I'm
1: like, I'm like, no one's gonna talk to me. We're fine. I'm just mad. I'm mad of the world. And then before rehearsal, everybody comes up. Hey Michael, what you doing? like?
2: Hello. You know, it's funny trying to see when both <laughs> of you try to hide your feelings, and then I come around and like, you're not okay. And then next thing you know, you just done broke down. I'm saying see.
0: See, that's me. I'm the, I'm the, I'm trying to keep the peace. And then you say one thing. And then I'm just like, I'm tears. Like, sorry. I
1: I try to fight it. I just keep staying mad. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I'm like, I know, I know. (laughs) Like, I know
2: you're not.
0: And you have to have, you have to have friends who know you well enough to go there's something wrong here. Even if you're, you know, all like, oh, you know, trying to be like, oh, everything's okay. Like it's kind of, yeah, you know, we can see through it. Truly, you have to have someone who can really see through it and who knows how to communicate with you in the way that you need in order to like bring things out. Cause sometimes I have to, I approach different friends very differently in the regards. Cause sometimes Michael just needs time to chill and then he will come to you. And I'm the same way sometimes. Some days I want to just, I'm immediately, I just need someone who's going to come up and notice that something's wrong and I can talk. Or there's some days where I'm kind of like, I don't want you to say anything yet. I'll tell you later, you know, like situations like that. Um, And so that's, I mean, that's the main thing is you just make sure you have people in your corner who are aware. And of course yourself, like you are yourself, you know yourself better than anyone, obviously. So monitor your changes, even if there's like slight, like, Oh, I'm going to bed, like way later than usual, I'm getting way less sleep, or I'm, I'm not eating well. This week, I haven't been drinking water, like things watch your body, your body is a huge indicator of what's going on outside of you, because it affects you. And like, I, it was funny, because I, I got, um I got a little sick, a while ago it wasn't COVID, but i got a little sick a while ago and i was like I, you know i haven't had the best immune system i was that sick child who got everything but i've been doing better you can ask them like i used to get sick all the time i have been doing better and i was confused as to why like what was going on i remember calling my mom and i was like it's weird because i don't even feel like i'm stressing a lot right now and because for me that's usually what would happen is at the end of the semesters all the stress and everything would have built up and then finally I allow myself to chill and that's when I would get sick. And so um, I remember my mom saying like, you may not realize how much stress you're actually under, but your body does, you know? And that's exactly what happens. And so that is, is you have to watch out for that too, because that is a huge indication that something else may be going on. So I think it's just being like aware of what is going on in your life and realizing that things that you may not, may not be on your mind constantly, May be at the back of it over here, over here, may not be the forefront, but it's still something that's kind of going around and so yeah, those are the, the big indicators is I mean you just have to watch out like Anthony mentioned earlier, everyone's different. you may not have the same symptoms that your friend may have, but you have you know yourself, so if anything changes, that should be a pretty good indicator
1: I know I just remember this another good indicator and this is probably in general, is when you start to hate your craft and what you do. And you can tell someone who usually has fun, like for me, an indicator, and this is like even today, if I'm sitting in a brass quintet, brass trio, me and Lauren's flute duo, like anything involving less people, like a chamber music, and I am not having fun, there's something wrong. Because I always have, even if I'm messing up, I don't even care because it's just fun to me. That is like my number one indicator. I'm like, something's wrong. You need to go think about yourself.
0: And with that being said, that's exactly, that's exactly it. Because what happens is burnout, it, everything that is going on in our lives stacks up on us. And then we forget why we are doing what we're doing. And so for me, when, to get out of mind, I have to remember, why do you want to do this? Why did you choose to do this? Why? think about all the reasons, think about how you're here. First of all, how you got here in the first place, how you keep being here. And my thing is that year, especially ooh, that year, my, my word. Um, it was like, every time I doubted myself, there would be something that came that showed me I was exactly where I needed to be. And they could be really small things to really big things And for me, that was what I needed because I would, I would pray, I would pray, I'd like God, if I'm supposed to be doing something else right now, please let me know, show me the path I'm supposed to be on. And he would say, you're, you're where you are supposed to be. It's not always going to be easy, but you are where you're supposed to be.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, on that, I really think to, um, help kind of prevent Burnout is to know that you belong and to continue to tell yourself that because, um, like in the teaching career, five, they give you I mean, you learn this as an undergrad, five years in the first five years, half of the teachers that started are not going to be there anymore. And it's because of burnout. And there's been so many questions that have, you know, come up of why and everything. But honestly, I really believe you need to, and I'm speaking to education majors right now because I know how it is to be an education major. I want you to ask yourself, is this really what I want to do? Do I see myself continuing to do this? Do I find joy in doing this? Because if one of those questions is no, you know,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah, Michael. I wanna, I wanna pose a question to you because part of my burnout sophomore year is, as you know, um, I was teaching sectionals and chamber music at a high school and a middle school. And what I took as a big burden, like I'm not an education major for everybody out there. I'm just a performance major who loves teaching because it's my big passion, but not on a public, every instrument level. I would, could not survive. But my, what got me down was, I blame myself for every student's mistake, like any mistake, mm-hmm. missing a note, messing up in a performance, not sounding good this day, not doing this, but I'm not there. I'm not their everyday teacher, I come in once a week, mm-hmm. but I took the burden of every single mistake they made, and that's what led me to go down a dark hole, so posing that question to someone who is in front of many students, and for all the education majors growing up that needed, want to teach whole band, how can they overcome that problem? Because I feel like it is a problem sometimes. We wanna burden every mistake and make everything better, but we're only one person.
2: You're only one person. And I say to this, you cannot, you are not in control of X number of people. Sorry, you're not. You're not God, you're not whoever. You do not control people and you do not control how they play do you give your best and you try and my my this is what i tell any teacher anybody if you say did you give it your best if the answer is yes then whatever happened it it happened but let me tell you in performances things are not going to go right let i i want everyone to know in performances nothing is going to go right um and if it does ever go right, praise Jesus. But let me, I, I'm like, people really think that, um, especially for teachers, I need to make sure to do this, do that, do that. Yes, that's all good. However, you are putting a lot of pressure, one on yourself, but you're also putting a lot of pressure on kids between the ages of six and 18. And last time I checked, you do you really want to put pressure on that age group? because you are putting a lot of your your angst and everything on those kids and let me tell you they are not go- they are not going to make you go at home at night and sleep in your bed comfortably because they again they are themselves they're going through their own situations so for teachers who are feeling like because little susie over here messed that e, that e-natural and measure 62 don't take that don't take that home now Let's say the whole ensemble really kind of, you know, fumbled the ball. Then there are healthy ways for you to go back, listen to it and be like, okay, so this is where we messed up or this is where we have some challenges. All right, here is the way to make it better. Don't go home and be like, oh, I'll never get this right. gotta, to got to, got to I'm the worst teacher. The greatest teachers in the world are who take from their mistakes and make it better. And that's what I have to tell myself right now is my first year in teaching is that I am I do not expect that I'm gonna get every single thing right. But what I do, what I am doing is taking every single day and I'm like, well, that worked today or that didn't work today. How can I make this better for the kids next year when they come through this BAM? That's what makes a great teacher because, and and I've always said you should always if you're a teacher or a performer whoever you should never stop learning ever so as a teacher you're always going to learn how to make something better that's what make you a great teacher not to say your ensemble is going to play at midwest or you know everything else blah 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 but i promise those teachers right there who do make it to those great phenomenal places are teachers who like all right that didn't work then I'm not gonna really stress over it right now, but I'm gonna make it better for the next people coming through. Um, so know that you belong here. And if those questions that I said, if you do not love what you are doing, if you don't find joy, if you do not um, can see yourself doing this, you might want to look at it at a different way. And it's not saying completely leave the education field, but find something like Michael, he, did, he left music education, the degree, but he finds joy in teaching small ensembles, chamber works. He loves that. That is, still, he never left the education field. He was just like, uh, uh-uh. uh, being a band director is not my
1: t. That's not my calling. But I do flutes time. and oboes. That's it. That was the problem: flutes, oboes, and clarinets. And see, and- Lauren has found that she loves
2: teaching flute ensembles and private lessons. So there it is: education, performance, but, but still you you have to find your um your specialty like my specialty that i love doing is conducting and part of conducting is full ensemble now would you want to put me as a private teacher please don't because i promise you it's not gonna go right i promise you it's not gonna go right but put me in front of an ensemble oh baby it's it's going to be good it's going to be good now i i take my hat off to Michael and to Lauren who have private students, because if you my private student, you're not getting something, I'm like, why aren't you getting this? Oh my God, like it, it gets really there. Now, so I'll take my hat off, but the thing is you have to know where you belong and that you belong exactly where you are. So to all the education people and to all the performance-based people and everything going through college or high school right now, know that you belong. And Lauren just wrote a, bi- a big thing um, uh, on our website, actually, the imposter syndrome. Um, and it's and it was basically saying like, do we belong? And the, the answer to that is to you and your head, you always need to say yes. Don't matter what everybody else say and how they treat in your head for you to still be here. I had to say yes, because my freshman year, um, there was something that happened where a teacher Um, was talking about some of the other students and that teacher said, oh, so-and-so, they belong here. They're going to be great at teaching. And mind you, I'm sitting right here. Cut to three years later, that student is no longer an education major, no longer is a music major. If I would have let that teacher really affect me, I would not be here. But you know what I told myself right then? I said, oh, I'm gonna show you. I belong here. Baby, this is me. I have said I wanted to be a teacher since I was like four years old, had little stuffed animals and I was teaching them. I knew what I wanted to do since then and I have not changed since then. So because of your, I'm not gonna let whatever you say because here's the thing, you cannot control what people say, you can only control what your response to that and my response to that was just watch
0: and and I I love that because you're taking the power out of anyone else's hand but your own and when it comes to your decisions you you are the person who should be thinking you know if this isn't something I want to do then that's my decision I've come to that organically and I've thought about it but never let anyone else tell you that you are not supposed to be where you are um, because they don't know you. They don't know where you've come from, what you've done to get here, what is to come for you. They don't know it. So let those people talk. Let them think, prove them wrong. You know, Um, and so, but getting back to more of the how, I mean, this this is talking about how you get out of that state for me one of the really big things was prioritizing and balancing um because at that point I felt like a lot of my I was drained and I wasn't getting enough like I wasn't getting I was the input was less than the output I was getting more than I was taking in so I was like I gotta sleep more I gotta eat better um I have to figure out what things make me happy and what things are going to help, you know? And so we, we all have things where they're non-musical activities and things, hobbies that we like. And, you know, whether that, a lot of people like jogging, have fun with that, I hate it, but cool for you. Um, <laughs> but, or like cooking, you know, cooking with friends, baking, uh, watching shows, I really getting heavily into TV shows, uh, books. I really love reading that was a huge thing for me so that i remember whenever i had a lesson with um my my piccolo teacher at the time uh, kelly hi kelly if you're watching this hello love you um she i was just telling her i am so stressed like there's just so much going on i feel like i don't have any time to do anything and she was like why don't you actually write out like i already had a planner i've had planners since high school i love planners but she was talking specifically more about find the holes in your um, in your days and say this is when I'll eat lunch this is when I'll practice if you want to have two sessions say this is my morning session afternoon session even night session and doing that really showed me how much space I really had in the day to practice or eat lunch and everything and I was just neglecting it because there was so much happening that it wasn't organized it was like chaos here you can have organized chaos that's what it's like being a music major honestly just to be honest honest with you it's never chill but it can be organized and so what I had was my planner and every week I would sit down on like a Sunday and just write out and say okay so Sunday I'm gonna do I'm gonna wake up and this is gonna be my chill day more about laundry do a session here for preparing for a competition and everything homework getting ready for the next day ensembles this day next day Monday okay I got my, I got my morning session got my ensembles I'll get coffee with Michael here practice again right before rehearsal, after rehearsal, I'll do another session, do dinner, go home, you know? And so for me, that really was like, wow, you have 24 hours in a day for a reason. And like, you know, sometimes it happens where it's like, this isn't enough. But for me at the time I had to say, okay, I can't do everything I want in a day all the time or even in a week, but I will say, okay, since I didn't get to do that yesterday, now I can plug this in here and make sure I touch everything that I need to throughout the week. So I really encourage you, if you are feeling like you are drowning in everything and you do not have some type of organizational system, whether that is a planner, I also have calendars everywhere in my house on my phone, like physical ones that I take with me everywhere. And some people, like I'm sure Michael talked, I'm more on that spectrum than he is on that. I got to write everything down because it will stick here, here. But Michael, I think has a different opinion of that. The
1: only thing I write down in my calendar, is because the way my mind works is when i'm going to hang out with people or i won't remember and my bills because you don't pay them bills they come in to collect and that's and and when i get paid love when i get paid that's my favorite day but i looking at it from like a different one like lauren's talking about like you had to um you see those times that you have built in in my mind when i'm like planning a bunch of stuff i have those times in my head but what is a big thing for me and help me Because I even got busier, I I hope so, after sophomore year. We always hope to get busier the year coming. You know what I mean? Or we drop some busy to gain more this, whether it be money, whether it be gratification, whether it be any of that. But what made me happier and easier is when I, I started saying no to stuff I didn't like. And I started saying yes to stuff I did like, even if it didn't pay that well, because I know if I did it, I was going to like it. And when you like what you do, there is no stress. And I truly believe if you really love and like what you do, there is no stress. Like I like practicing now, like really like it. So I try to go three to four hours a day and I just like to do it now. I like that's just me
0: and I, I will say what he means by that is that if you find yourself every day saying wow I really hate this I don't want to do this I hate practicing I hate this profession probably not now if you have a day randomly where you're like oh my gosh you just want to do nothing like that's natural you're a human being no yeah. one is on and on all day every day like I love like, yeah you're gonna love it but there are gonna be days where you're just like I'm just kind of tired I really don't feel like it and you need those days you need rejuvenation days and I think that's a big thing that can lead to burnout is if you are, that was me. I felt like I need to be constantly mm-hmm. on all the time. Like, yes, love it, but also make sure that you're not like, it, like you're going to have days where we're all, we all have our days. I've had plenty, but that didn't that didn't tell me that I hated what I was doing or I loved it any mm-hmm. less that I'm a, I was a human being. And so sometimes I but the biggest thing is that I would get back up. If I needed a day off, I, the next day, I would be right back on. Like, all right, let's hit it. Let's go back into and That's the main thing is that if you have an off day, make sure your next day is on and that you are giving as much as you are taking off. That makes sense. But yes, agreed. Mm-hmm. You should love what you do regardless.
1: And that's like for students growing up and you're getting gigs, teaching, doing anything, like say yes a lot at first, because that's how we make it in the business. But I, I, there comes a time where you have to care about yourself and what you want to do and what you really like to do. And the stuff you like is going to be easier to say yes to. The stuff you don't like will become easier to say, I really don't have the time this time. Maybe next time I'll have the time. One big thing for me is Laura likes to plan out the week. I like to set goals and my goals I usually set is weekly. So like this week is I want to listen to more excerpts and context. Cause I don't really don't like listening to whole symphonies. Just to be real honest. That's just me. I love listening to wind band stuff, or like orchestral stuff, I'm really happy to just sit down and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. Even though my one part is right in the middle, but I'm going to listen to the whole thing. My monthly goal is to build more stability in my low range. Then I set a three-month goal, be able to blend in brass quintet in a section better. Six-month goal, have a natural ease in playing. And a year goal, do at least three to five competitions. Those goals for me setting like short instant gratification to trusting the process. And that is, I feel like what music is a lot and learning how to do stuff is, we all crave instant gratification. That's why like people like me like to cut grass. It's instant gratification. You see, it goes from tall to short. That's it. So we grade instant gratification. We know in one week we can do that To We have to trust the process for the year long project. It's just what it is. And so for me, that helps keep everything on track and to keep going. And a big thing, I think I'm, I think this goes with what Anthony is going to do is know where you want to take your career and know what opportunities you can say yes and no to remember musicians i'm going to say this again no is a word it is a word that we can use we don't like to use it trust me i'm the big person i like to say yes anyway oh michael can you drive five hours and teach class yeah i'll just just let me just move some stuff around i got you like i'm that person i will drive across the state of georgia like there was one i will say this one story before i give it to anthony it was thanksgiving break the following of like that sophomore year and me and Lauren went to Blue Ridge for the first weekend. Every day after Blue Ridge I was teaching somewhere except for Thanksgiving day because that's the one day I couldn't get people to teach because I was I wanted to be that busy after I learned how to handle the stress and it was also traveling across Georgia which I love doing road trips so it was like many road trips me and my coffee and I'm like who do you you know, that's just me. Anthony hates driving. But Anthony's going to talk a little bit more about knowing where you want to go.
2: Yeah. So I think we're, we've been talking about like goals and stuff of um, like really organize, because this is a part of organizing your life. Like this isn't about organizing your, you know, your day. This is organizing your entire life. And so things that keep me on the, the narrow path is, knowing where i want to end up i know for a fact i want to be a college band director i know like i want to be director of bands that is what i want to do so i know that next thing i need to do get a master's degree after that get a dma then go teach and then i have things after that what i want to do as well and i think for me to have those long-term goals it keeps me like on the path that I am, like, I love what I'm doing, because I know it's leading me somewhere, Um, and some people are against that, like, I, one of my favorite teachers in the world, he has always said, Anthony, don't plan your life like that, because things might change, da-da-da-da, and I said, you know, you're correct, things are going to pop up, things are going to change, however, I, the way I live my life, I need to have a plan, Because for me, it's better to have a plan than to not have a plan. And then things just kind of just pop up. So in my plan, I know for a fact that things are going to pop up. Like who knows if uh, next year I'm somewhere else or whatever, things are going to happen. However, I know at the end of the day, this is where I want to be. And that's what keeps me waking up at six o'clock in the morning, you know, driving 40 minutes to school because I'm like, I know where I want to be and i I employ everybody to know where you want to end like i think all three of us we have many talks about where we want to end up being and have us having a support system say all right you go do it you this is how you get there and we're always talking with each other about what is our next move where are we going to go next and that's what you need to have is one have a plan have a plan for your career because you know if you don't plan for your career you ain't finna make no money to be honest okay but have a plan and then have a support system that would keep you on that plan as well
1: Lauren
0: yeah I, I mean I agree with that in the sense of like you have to be you have to be proactive in what you want in life and then you also have to be flexible so what that means is proactive in the sense of, oh, Anthony wants to be a collegiate uh I'm uh, a conductor, a conductor. So that means he's going to do all the steps that he knows that he's seeing people who are successful go through. So he's, he got one degree now and now he's teaching and getting that experience and then he's going to go get later degrees and yeah, you have to follow that. But at the same time, you like we have seen in 2020, you, ha- we have, you have to learn how to adjust whenever things come out of nowhere. And so things could happen that you're like, wow, oh, I didn't even, I wasn't expecting this. This was not in the plan, but it's, like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You just have to, now you just have to um, change a little bit of things later on. Who,
2: who wants to take a boring path yeah it's just like watching a boring tv show and then you know exactly how
0: it's going
2: to end exactly like what is the point of that the point of life is to live and be shocked at certain things that come up you're like oh
0: Oh, that was nice. That or, was oh, that nice. wasn't expecting that.
2: And you know what? I wasn't expecting that, but that actually turned out to be way nicer than I thought it was going to be. Exactly,
0: or it led to something else that was greater than I what I had wanted in the first place. Yes, yeah,
2: that is the point of living your life, and I feel like that will one help you. I think when I say plan of career, I mean like a skeleton. You know, like a skeleton, it doesn't have all the muscles. It doesn't have the, the actual skin, everything. But you know the outline of where it's supposed to be. And that's what I mean by plan your career. You need to have a skeleton base of what's going on. Because then the muscles, the skin, the organs, everything else, that's all the things that are just kind of just pop up. You might be in your third year of teaching. And then guess what? You're performing at the state-level conference. Did you expect that to happen? No. Was that in the plan? Maybe not. But guess what? It's happening now. And it's going to make your experience as whatever comes after that completely different. Or you get nominated for a Grammy. I didn't plan on getting nominated for a Grammy, but best believe I'll take my Grammys just like Beyonce will and put it right on a beautiful shelf. That's exactly what I would do. But did I plan to get a Grammy? No. But would I love it? Absolutely. So have a skeleton and then just be flexible for anything and everything. And I feel like that will really start to decrease that burnout sensation that some people start to have, especially as they keep going throughout their career.
0: Yeah. The main or Michael, go ahead.
1: I, I will say, like watching like people in the field, they're like, okay, I am gonna like just trumpet specifically, I am gonna be an orchestral trumpet player. So what do I need to do? Maybe I started ex-undergrad but i need to go to one of places like cim rice a conservatory study with this person like they have laid out what they are going to do no matter what that is locking yourself in such a box sometimes like yes let's say robert sullivan he's a principal trumpet of cincinnati now i believe he was like i wanted to be a professional trumpet player But I ended up freelancing in New York or playing with a brass quintet, did all this stuff. And then on one whim, I took an orchestra job and I finally ended up there. He took every other road. I don't know if that's exactly what he did. So I'm paraphrasing. He took every other road and then finally ended up in the orchestra. And that's how some people are. Some people get lucky and they just like go on a whim and take an audition in their undergrad or master's and win the orchestra job. I think what we're all encouraging people to do know your skeleton. But take as many opportunities. Like be like, oh, I've never thought about playing in a mariachi band. Let's do it. Let's just see how much fun it is. Or I haven't played with a viola. I mean, sure, question mark. And you just never know what's going to pop out of it. So that's like take your opportunities and make the most of everyone. And you might find out what you really want to know.
0: Yeah, the the basis of all of this is that everyone is different. Just like how we say everyone's gonna experience burnout differently, the way to avoid burnout for everyone is very different. So if you are very Type A, we'll call that Type Lauren, of uh, where you have your goal set here, and in order to achieve that goal, you play You're very granular. I'm a very granular person. I get down to the nitty gritty details. Of daily weekly everything because that is how I am successful because that is how I work um because I have that type of brain and then you have
2: the oh I was gonna say then you have like a type a with a little b person like I am where it's like
1: yes. I need type a, b. <laughs>
2: yeah like type a b but like big a small b where it's like I need to know where I'm going and I need to plan here. However, my relaxed side is like, you know, things are gonna work it out regardless. It is what it is. It is what it is. And and in down, deep down in your spirit, you know for a fact things are gonna work out just because of how you are. Um, My my mom and grandma would be like, God has already, your destiny's already there. It's exactly. already there you're just on the path now it's already right. it's already worked out for you um and for my baptist christians y'all know what i'm talking about um so you know what what it's like going down there so that's my type a b person type a, a b person type. yeah
0: type a b yeah type so a b. I'm, I'm like A. AB, a, and michael is b my, is
2: michael <laughs> b though because i feel like he he is a, a i think you're a b a
1: person like you're yeah b. No. Uh, Okay I am because like in life I like to kind of like do the thing but when I'm doing something like when I am either performing coaching ensemble or anything I have very specific things that has to go like Mm -hmm. this is like when I'm coaching a very beginning quintet is we start with a Bach chorale we move to a renaissance piece and then we go contemporary it has to follow that order because in my brain it makes sense can you play moving chords? Correctly, in tune, make a phrase. Can you play this light? Brass instruments are heavy. We're, we're jarheads half the time. Can you play this light music? And now let's play fun contemporary stuff. But you have to know. Like, I am a huge person, like believer of now. And this is what I want to talk about. I forgot. Trusting the process. And if you don't know what this means or never heard this term, because I'm new to it, like uh, six months new to it. That's trusting what you know the What? Let's see y'all advance I did not even know that. I just saw this off of somebody. It was like a brass player or something. It was trusting the process. So let's say the process is practicing. You have seven days of practice. You're not the same player seven days in a row. There's stuff like one day your sound is great. Articulation is bad. Next day, articulation is great. Sound is okay. Flexibility is way out the window. So every day you're changing, but you're trusting the process of I'm going to practice work on my weakness and keep going. And there's a famous teacher, Barbara Butler, who taught at Eastman Northwestern. And now she's at Rice. She said in a podcast, each mistake is like a present on Christmas morning that you know exactly how to unwrap. And if you unwrap it, you get better. And that's something I've been like taking into my practice. Like if I, if I crack a note majorly, that's good. I went for it, but how can I unwrap it and make it better? like trusting this process, at least for musicians and teachers and like how to get better. If you trust it, you will get better. Another person to go watch, if you are a YouTube person, I am, like two weekends ago, I was all about some Joyce DiDonato. I think I pronounced her name right or not. She's a famous mezzo soprano. She's like amazing. One of her master master classes was teaching people how to go through the process of getting to a great performance. Not like, oh, okay, this is what you did for a great performance, what'd you do? Huh, no, I'm gonna lead you through the process of how you're a different singer every time. Music is always breathing and changing. This is the process of making a great performance. Go check her out and just remember, mistakes will happen. If you don't make mistakes, you do not get better. If you only play stuff in the practice room that you're safe on, or you teach a certain way, like, we are playing Concert F. And until this Concert F is amazing, we are not gonna play Concert F sharp. You're gonna be on that Concert F for a long time, especially if beginning band. For long, long,
2: <laughs> long time. And this goes for my teachers. Uh, and I have been guilty of this too. Don't work something so hard for 50 minutes especially when you have a full class of high school middle school and you focus on two measures only because let me tell you those kids have now left that class like I don't want to do this no more this ain't fun like there is there's a way to work on certain things um, to to really keep that keep your spirit up and this goes for anybody in college for when you're practicing whatever, um, make sure that you, I always say it's it's like an Oreo, you uh, have to start with something good, give yourself a little criticism and end with something good. And if you go with that in your career, in your life, whatever, that will lead to less burnout. If you say, all right, so today, or say at the end of the year for teachers, you say, all right, we did very well on working with fundamentals, um, getting, you know, scales and everything right. In the middle part, we really still need to work on phrasings for next year and really just making a, a solid sound. Ending like, all right, but still, the kids made a lot of improvement on this, this, and this. Therefore, at the end of the year, you have something, you've now looked at yourself like, oh, I'm actually doing something good. There are still things to work on, but I do know it's still attainable. And I think everyone needs to have attainable things to look forward to. Um, And that will definitely lead you to having less stress, less time to even think about, I'm not doing this right. And less and less many times of being burnout because that's what the burnout comes from. It's like, there's just too much stuff going on at one time that I can't even think anymore. That's why a lot of people get burned out. And if you just break those into chunks, it'd be a lot better to eat. You don't want to eat a whole uh, cow. You want to break that up, cut it into pieces. I don't really eat meat, but I'm guessing that's how y'all do. So you got it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would say I'm glad you said that because it just brought my mind to this point that I wanted to make um, is that the, a really big way that we get into burnout is by comparison of comparing ourselves to other people. You do not know what someone else is going through. What it may have been the, that person's like year all right, or that competition that they got was theirs, it was for them, you know, but they have, may have been told no so many times, it was finally their time, that's my, that's something I have to think about when it comes to no's and lot things that we will hear a lot being in this uh, field is no, and I instead want to think about it is, you know, somebody really worked for this opportunity, and it was finally their time to get it, and my opportunity is still waiting for me, and so, by what happens is like with burnout is we're looking say oh this person's doing all these things and they're doing all these competitions this person's like going out for all these auditions and i'm doing nothing i feel like i need to be doing all of it you sh- maybe you shouldn't be maybe that's exactly why they're doing it because it's their time to you are still in this phase or you're working towards this other goal it's so it's nice when you have you see a studio you have friend groups who everyone's doing their own thing and it's not like oh, if you're doing that, I need to do that too. You know, like, no, it's like, that is your thing. I'm doing my thing. That is unhealthy. That is is very toxic.
2: It's very toxic. And if you're in a friend group right now, I hope we're speaking to you that is in a friend group like that. Please don't. Do not compare yourself. Uh, We have seen friendships broken because of that. Do not be in a friend group that one of them or multiple of them think that because you're doing this, I need to do this too. And I need to be on the same level and I need to always, no, because each one of you are your own separate person. Therefore you strive things. And if you are in the same field, like Michael and Lauren are technically in the same performance field, but they are completely different. And I'm pretty sure Lauren has flute friends and Michael has trumpet friends who are, Technically, like they're both graduate teachers, whatever. But still, you know, for a fact, that's you. Let me do me. I have teaching friends that I'm like, all right, great job. But this is me. This is you. Don't ever try to compare yourself because baby, that is so toxic. And it's going to make you just feel bad about yourself at the end of the day. Because let me yeah. let me tell you, the people who you are comparing yourself to, that they, they sleeping well at night very well at night so do not compare yourself don't let that toxic thing come for you
0: yeah it's all about knowing what you are ready for at that time so it, you have got people in your studios your friends who are doing these crazy competitions and you're kind of like oh well since I mean, we are kind of the same level so i feel like i should be doing no that is that is not what that means at all. Everyone's levels are different. You can go up. Oh, this year is now up. Oh, now this year, that, that, that like it just changes, but it doesn't even matter. You shouldn't even be taking the score of that because all that matters is you and you saying, okay, I want to progress. What's my next thing? Oh, I haven't done a competition in a while. Let me do a competition. Oh, let me go out for this audition. Let me try to rebuild my, my brand, my personal entrepreneurship brand and do all these other things. That is what matters. It does not matter what anyone else is doing. It is only about you because that will really lead you down a dark hole if you do things like that. And it will, that, that is one surefire way to get, put yourself into burnout.
1: You know what I like to call this person? Bad Kermit. Everybody has a bad Kermit. I'm telling you. And so I had to name it my bad Kermit in my head because everybody knows what bad Kermit is. You got a hood and he's like, I'm like, I'm really bad at practicing. <laughs>
0: for, our, for our people who do not know what bad Kermit, Kermit the Frog, that is from the Muppets. There is a funny thing where it's like the good Kermit, then you have the bad Kermit. That's like basically the little devil in your shoulder. He's a hood on. And it's like, oh, I you study. He's like, don't study. Oh, I you practice. You shouldn't practice. And like stuff like that. That is what bad Kermit is. <laughs>
1: And for me, bad Kermit shows up while I'm playing the trumpet. Like I'm playing a trumpet and I'm over analytical. He's like, that note was bad. Was it bad? And I'm th- I'm not even thinking about the music anymore. Like shut that bad Kermit down. Just bop him on the head. Because the minute you start, like that brain can show up in practice and how to fix stuff in a positive way. I, know, I, I was listening to a podcast or something and they were like, the things you say to yourself, would you say to somebody else you cared about You're in a practice room? Would you look at someone and be like, you know what, that was just trash. Like everything's just trash. I think you should just stop for today. Would you say that to somebody you actually cared about when they were practicing? No. Would you give them critiques and how to fix stuff? Yes, so don't do that to yourself. Don't be like, wow, that was trash. I don't know why you're doing this today. This is such a bad day for you. You should not practice today. You should wait till tomorrow. And then are you sure you even want to go for this audition or competition or even play in studio class? Because are you going to be good enough? Like shut that person down and start filling it with like productive positivity.
0: Yeah, I agree. You can be your own worst enemy and you can be the person who puts yourself into these states because we, I have been there, at least myself. I can't speak for anyone else, but I've been there. I've been the person who's like, you you should not be doing what you're doing. And it's so bad. It's, it's, it's not good because it's not something I would say to anyone else. Um, and sometimes we forget that we are human beings. And even though it's ourselves and our thoughts or whatever, you are still, anything we say is affecting us. Anything we're thinking ahead affects us. So instead of, you know, and I still have days where I'm, I'm like really deep into a session or especially recordings, oh my gosh, recordings. I want to throw my flute. Like seriously, it's just, it's, it's so they don't have days I'm like, oh, that session was so great. I felt really good about it. And so I just have to remember that not every session is gonna go how I want it to go. And it's about, okay, well, let's make the next one. How can we improve so the next one doesn't go that way? Um, and also in practice sessions, if I make a mistake, I just will go, okay. Why did you make that mistake? You know, not like how how could you? Like, oh my gosh, it's just like, all right, so you weren't thinking, your fingers weren't aligned. Like, let's just let's like be real and say why we were, you know, we, or your brain was focusing somewhere else. um You just have to be kinder. We just need to be nicer to ourselves. So I feel like that's like, oh, I mean, but I'm being serious because we're really not. Especially in this, it's so easy to just keep putting yourself down. And there are some days i go back and forth. I'm like, oh, I, I, I could do one more session for the day, but then I'm like, okay, well you should because you that last one wasn't that good. Or it's like, or you can say that you'll make it, you'll get rest tonight and then the next day you'll hit it hard and it could be better in those instances. And it really depends on the day. Some days I'm like, I am gonna pick it back up and just like go back to, into town right then. And the other days I'm saying, I don't believe, I feel as if it'll be better if I would take this time off and hit it hard in the morning and everyone's different. Every, and every day is different. So you just have to, again, be very aware of yourself and your needs and how you progress. And that's how you should apply it. And don't ever again, comparison of people. Oh, how, how many hours? Don't, don't ever ask me. Don't ever ask anyone, please how long they practice. Cause if you, in your mind, unless you're a, te- if you're a teacher and you're asking your students cause you're like, just wanting to like, be like, are you practicing? But if you're like, just being like, oh, how much do you practice? Like if you expect me to say anything over like any, honestly, I'm telling you this right now, if you practice over four hours a day, I'm gonna go ahead and I always question what you are actually doing in those sessions because most, most of the time, and I've said this to people to their faces, you're not really getting anything done. What most people what a lot of people and someone had told me this because I was like, I have people who are practicing like six hours a day and I don't even get like some day, I don't even get half that. They're like, okay, but you have to remember, sometimes you can get way more done in an hour than people get done in three hours. And it's all about how you approach the situation. You go in with a clear head saying, These are the main goals I want to hit today, and that's it. And I'm not just going do Do-do-do-do-do, do or do or do or do do or whatever and just playing around and thinking that's practicing practicing is leads to progress once I have my goals of the day I really want to get this measure super clean I want to get this excerpt down really well I want to get this aged up to tempo and I do all that guess what check for me I did it you know and I'm not going man it's only been two hours and 58 minutes not three hours let me just fill this with some time like no that's that's insanity that's insanity and that can all that that is a hugest thing that will lead to burnout is thinking you have it's putting yourself on a time quota all the time and saying you have to practice this much, you have to do this for this much time a day or you're gonna be bad. Because in your head, you know what you're saying to yourself, if you don't do that, you're not gonna be good. And you are limiting yourself. That is a main thing. You are limit like I think Anthony mentioned that about limiting of saying that like, you're only you only can do this one thing to be successful. No. You don't know what, you don't know how you're going to change because we are not one thing. You are a different person every single day. Like you shift, we are gradual. So saying that, oh, if, and that's why when people be very cautious, when you're giving these masterclasses or you're speaking to these kids who are young and saying the only way you can win an audition, the only way you can get the job is by doing these specific things. Don't say that because that's, that's one thing that's a lie. It is a complete lie because there is no there. all think about all the people in the world who've gotten jobs who've won auditions they've had very different systems now of course it's practice hard listen to recordings all these things of course we know that but saying you only can win an audition if you if you uh practice 12 hours a day and you play with the people for you that you play with the recordings. No, that's insanity. That's insanity. And it's a lie. Stop putting this into children's minds because that is why we are seeing burnout happen so much and why people are dropping like flies from this profession is because we are doing this whole comparison of, oh, this person who won this major job said I can only win a job if I did exactly what he did. It's a lie.
2: And you also have to remember the things that people see of you, Um, what you look like. Where did you come from? Like all of these things are, are, you cannot compare yourself to said person over here because no one is the same. No one is the same. And no one said you should be the same. So when people are giving those masterclasses and things like that, like you need to do it this way because I did it this way. Well, I'm sorry, sir or ma'am, whoever you are. I don't have the same... Money, I don't have the same um, opportunities as you did to get where you are. I have to use what I have, what God has given me to get to where I want to be. So, no, our paths would not be the same. Um, and which, so for me, what I always love to do is uh, look at people who are um, currently getting their DMAs, who are getting their masters right now. But the thing, I have never told myself, I need to do this because I have seen so, this person, this person, this person do it. Because guess what? They got there because of their own personal issues, okay? I have my own personal things. So I cannot, it, and I don't feel like any career, any job, whatever, you can take the same steps as the person did before you and get the same output. It's just that's not how life works. You have to take your own thing and say, look, here here I am, this is where I wanna end up and these are the steps that I am going to take. Not that somebody else took, because if you do end up getting to whatever spot and you just did exactly what so-and-so did, you're not really going to be giving music or giving the world your best product. Because you're always going to be thinking about what did so-and-so do instead of what can I do? Because we all know when music touches yourself, when it comes authentically from you, that is something that people feel. That is something that nobody can take away from you. But if you sit here like, well, uh, so-and-so did it like this, so I need to do it the way so-and-so did it, it's no longer yours. It's no right. longer your music it is now whoever and it sounds bland it's it's just like watching paint dry i'm like okay well we've heard this before next can i what's next what what is it of you and i feel like with that comparison thing that's what really leads to burnout because you just cannot compare yourself and you cannot hold yourself to somebody else's standard.
0: And one of the most important lessons I think I learned and the thing that one, something that has stuck with me to this day, um, my, my teacher in undergrad, my professor, my private flute teacher was Christina Smith of the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. Okay. Um, Amazing, amazing, amazing musician. And having a teacher like that, having a mentor like her, I was always like, oh, she's a goal. Like her, the way she plays, everything that she does. I was like I want to I want to radiate this I want to have this type of sound I remember one day I think I said that I was like oh I just want to I, I want to play just as beautifully as you like I was like I want the Christina sound or something like that and she, she was like you know you want to have the Lauren sound because that is like like uniquely you and it's not limiting yourself. I'm not putting boundaries on myself. And like, what I think she meant by that, how I took it was, it's always good. We always have the people who we look up to musically, mentors, all these things who are like, oh man, they just sound amazing. I, I wish, you know, but at the same time, just trying to photocopy something, just trying to say, oh, copy, paste, that's not music, that is not music. The greatest musicians, the greatest artists on this earth are all very vastly different and they're good at their own specific things. They have their own voice, they have their own sound, they have their own style. And that is why it's so amazing that we have this art field is because we have such a wide like display of the different levels and styles and just so many different like palettes. And I, I think that's a huge, that was a huge thing for me at that time was thinking, oh my gosh, I have an individual sound. I have my personal, I am Lauren. And what I play is my sound. And every every job or every opportunity I'm given, every audition I win was because I played like Lauren. I played like me. And you are giving, you, that is putting all of that, just like you want to immediately discredit yourself for anything bad, any nose you get, you have to give all that to yourself when you do all the good to yourself as well when you win those things. And so I get that. If you're thinking, oh, if this person did this to win a job, I'm gonna do that, then you're gonna be in the back of your mind, like, did I really win that job or did <laughs> did this person win that job, you know? And so I I deeply that resonates with me. I think that resonates actually with a lot of people.
1: And it it does. Like there comes a certain point, like when you're middle school, early high school, listening is how you learn. When you hit college, late high school, and uh, grad, it's time to, okay, we listen to all these great players. We're molding what our ideal sound is our head. Because until you have, like, your goals, your sound, or anything in your head firmly, it's not going to come to fruition. So, like, once you, like, like let's just keep continue with the sound. Once you have it in your head screaming so loud, then you let it out. And then people are going to be like, wow. I've never heard, I haven't heard something like that. Like I, this person has this sound, this person has this sound, this person has this sound. We want to hear the different sounds. And that's something in, a little tangent, in the orchestra community now, if my ears, some of it is starting to sound too homogenous. It doesn't sound different. As the, soon as everything sounds completely homogenous, why do we have different orchestras?
0: It's not, it's the conformity, and I know exactly what you mean by that, and it will break you down because you go, especially with um, it's specifically orchestra. And I know he said this because we have these excerpts that everyone plays, and it's the thought that oh, if you don't play this excerpt this exact way when you walk into an audition, you won't win it. What? What what if I play it completely different than everyone and you actually like it better, but you're just going to go ahead and say that I, there's no chance of me winning it because that's not how it's been played. That is why we are stuck. That is why tickets sales are going down. That is why the attendance is so low at these events now because we are sticking with this whole, oh, this is how it's always been done. So how this is how it always must be done. Like, sure there have been master performers and teachers who have come and analyzed and said this is why this is like sounds the best and why everyone likes to do it this way that's cool but we're in a new age and we have players we have students who are rising who we don't make, maybe we don't want to do it that way all the time and let let me experience that don't tell me that I won't win an audition because I don't want to play it that way and everything and I I thank you for saying that because it truly is a subject that bothers me to no end
1: and hopefully maybe we'll have a (laughs) episode about it I think the next step of like getting away from burnout and overcoming it is how to have fun and I think everybody we're gonna all talk about how we have fun for me personally I like I like even practice doing homework and stuff. I like condensing stuff. So for me, collaborating with fellow musicians, playing with my favorite recordings and creating a concert at home on my TV, like watching YouTube, those are ways I have fun and it helps me throughout the day and I'm learning stuff. What about y'all? And then we have a little special segment.
2: Um, you know, like I said, I love to be in my blankie watching YouTube, um, on on YouTube, it literally goes from everything, where I, uh, before COVID, I I love cruise ships, so, like, I'll watch cruise ship videos, they would come in, I remember one night, me and Michael, I literally talked his ear off for a whole hour, just given the history of Carnival Cruise Lines, like, that is something that always has put me at peace, Um, and then it goes to Uh, watching different conductors. Like literally last night I was watching um, Jacqueline Hartenberger, uh, uh, associate conductor at University of Georgia. Just watching her conduct a group. It is so unique to her. And I'm like, now I wanna go practice conducting. So like I literally went and practiced. So like my, the way I like to have fun is those different things including, of course, hanging out with these two lovely people and getting on a FaceTime call with them and um, just talking with them and the rest of my friends. Like that is why I think for me, I have always never been a super stressful person because I know when it is time to be like, all right, I'm done. Let let me just, let me do my thing. Let me do Anthony's thing. Not Anthony as a musician, but Anthony as like a normal human being that nobody knows anything about music, boom. That's what keeps me sane.
0: Yeah, my things is, I mean, like Anthony mentioned and like, I feel like my friends know about me. I'm an extroverted person. I love social interactions and hanging out with people like, oh, let's go do this, let's go do this, let's go do this. Like I'm always the let's go do this person. Cause I love that, and I love like whether it's oh we'll just go have like we'll just go have lunch somewhere, or we'll just go walk around downtown, go hiking, whatever, or just come over, we'll hang out, we'll play for each other. I love doing that. I'll have friends like flute friends. I'm like, hey, bring your instrument over. Let's just like play excerpts for each other. Let's like play duets and stuff, and that's like fun. Or like I'll be driving and going to go meet people. I'm like, I just really want to listen to Spartacus right now, and just like. Let it just like wash over me or like let me listen to the Pride and Prejudice soundtrack and just cry um about the times and all these things are like you know I'll be like you know I really want to watch my series and just get a bowl of popcorn and just like get really into it like oh my gosh oh my gosh put my phone away there are there days I just really want to go on Twitter for an hour and that's it and just get really like go into the comments and like just, oh that's so funny and like just cry laughing um and so you just have to have that balance. And that's like the getting out of burnout. The, one of the best things that helped me was friendship and just like relying on friends and things that made me happy and reminding myself of why I'm here and all the good that's come out of it and everything. And so we hope that um, this has all been something that everyone has been able to resonate with and learn something from if you have never experienced it or if maybe you didn't know exactly what it was that you were going through. You're like, oh, wait, that sounded like what I went through at that time and all that. So we wanted to end the episode with a fun new segment called Swipe Right or Swipe Left, Composers Edition. So Anthony and Michael, um, wait, first, Before you first, start real quick, is right good or, le- I don't use that app. So is right so
1: good right or left is good? good.
0: Right, right's good, left is okay. bad. Okay. Okay, so swipe right, swipe right, oh my gosh, swipe right or swipe left, Brahms.
1: Right, definitely right. It's a, it's a, it's a soft right. Okay. Mm,
0: interesting. handle
1: Left. Right.
0: <laughs> uh, John Adams.
1: Right. Atomic, atomic, uh,
0: yeah, Einstein. The, on the side TV. of his... Decided <laughs> is that Richard in the, was it China? Nixon in China, yeah. something like
2: that. We yeah, got left, sorry, no.
0: <laughs> that's, Wagner.
2: Right. Right.
0: That, that's mean. the controversy, controversy, right, okay. <laughs> like a shameful right. Like, <laughs> Don't let anyone see you. Yes. Um, James Stevenson. Right. Right. I agree. Uh, Ravel.
1: Oh, God. Um, <laughs> like, left. Uh, right? Yeah, sorry, left. <laughs> was- Ooh, oh,
2: wow. He, wow. He's okay. Wow. He's, he's I. Right, but, <laughs> but that's uh, the only one It left. Sorry.
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, Mother Goose. You know what? Anyway, Scott Joplin.
1: Left. Left.
0: Eric right. Whitaker. Right. Ooh, he's not the group group. he's not the same every
1: piece. I, I disagree with everybody. Uh, That's like saying Jacob Collier is the same every piece.
0: I mean, some people will say that, but right. we, we love Jacob Collier. Eric,
2: for Eric, right? Um, there's a whole story, but right, yes, right.
0: George Gershwin.
1: Left. I'll go left. I think and it's I think
0: it's, it's not- two ten. I just don't like it it's Sometimes. not his
2: music it's the the behind the scenes story of his music
0: this is very interesting i did not think this is going to go this way um omar thomas right
1: right right A- Definitely. john cage right left Uh huh.
0: all right and piazzolla is our last composer
2: right and only because of the way lauren played the freak out of that song right if y'all haven't yeah. seen that more is that public anywhere but if it's not I, i'm world, i'm gonna post it
0: somewhere soon
2: y'all need to go listen to her and michael and some of our other friends from ksu um libertango a phenomenal piece so right
1: soft right Ooh. Wow, michael
0: right. i have one question
1: before y'all i have one composer for y'all tchaikovsky oh right right left
0: okay what's your problem
1: i w- we will get into this we love should game have game. a composers yes, episode. so we should I have wow. some very strong opinions brewing
0: i, I feel this some, amos, some just interesting should, things happening
2: we should do this more often i love that game that was a good game
0: that was fun no that was fun okay we hope you guys enjoyed that look up some of those composers you have no idea who we're talking about some are living i tried to do that on purpose because we love our living composers Absolutely. um And so we hope you enjoy this episode and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for listening and being a part of our conversation. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple podcasts. We'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode. So leave us a comment or review. See you next time.